listening to Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network, where we explore anything and everything coon hunting and listen to coon hunting stories from across the nation that include cryptids, the paranormal, the unexplained, and a whole hell of crazy. I'm Daniel Felker, your host. Join me and my buddies, Dustin Faulkner and Ryan James, as we explore into the confidential side of coon hunting. Warning, some material may not be suitable for children. Hello, hello, hello. We want to welcome everybody to the episode number one of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the brand new Houndstooth Podcasting Network. I'm Daniel Felker, and we're coming to you from Houndstooth Outdoors in Joanna, South Carolina, and I'm joined by my buddies, Ryan James. Hello. And Dustin Faulkner. What's up? Join us as we go down coon trails and crazy tales and explore anything and everything coon hunting. Uh, Will this be an episode number one? We're going to take the time to introduce ourselves to the audience and who we are, our coon hunting experience, and what's got us into this topic that we're going to be podcasting about. So I guess I'll start everything out. Uh, Like I said, my name is Daniel Felker. I am 43, no, 42. I'm giving myself a year older than I should have. Uh, I'm 42. You look like hell. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm married and I have three kids. My oldest son, Andrew, is 20. He goes to Anderson University. And then my uh, son, Peyton, is 16 and goes to Whitmire High School. And then my youngest daughter, she's Ava, and she is nine years old. And so uh, you'll probably hear me refer to my Slim as my middle son, Peyton. We call him Slim, and we'll be referring to him as Slim throughout our conversations. Um, (coughs) But anyway, I got into this game of coon hunting around 1992 when I was 11. Right before I turned 12, I went with – coon hunting with a group from the church called royal rangers and they took us out one uh, friday or saturday night we went camping and a group of guys from whitmire david mckee um dr Yanetti, several people from the community that were into coon hunting decided they want to take all us chaps out there coon hunting and somewhere in the midst of that night somebody uh, down on tiger river river bottoms handed me their blue tick coon hound and asked me to lead them for them and from that moment on, I had to have a dog. And I bugged the crap out of my dad until he bought two uh, puppies. And um, I've kind of been sticking with the game ever since. Um, oh, boy, Ryan's phone's going off. Hope it ain't baby mama drama. Again. Again. Nah, it's just one of my my homeboys wanting to go rabbit hunting probably. Oh. But, um. Anyway, so I've been coon hunting for right at 30 years. I've had uh, several dogs that I would say were probably pretty decent dogs. Um, Actually, two of them, I think, were kind of like those, what some people would be like once-in-a-lifetime dogs because they were really accurate, really accurate. And um, so, I, I mean, I love everything coon hunting. I coon hunt. That's pretty much all I hunt. That's all I really like to do as far as my hunting activities and hobbies is coon hunting. And I, I started up a little feed store here in Joanna with the, just kind of the concept of coon hunting in mind. But um, so when we got into this podcasting thing, it got two of my coon hunting buddies to come along and we'll have some conversations. Um, 
But the, just to give a little bit of, of credit or whatever, I say that, you know, I'm not the best as far as competition hunter or handler or judge or anything, but um, I can say that I was a judge, one of the judges on the final four of AKC World Hunt in 2007 or eight, whichever year was in Newberry. Um, so I have been around the game and, and got a little bit of a knowledge on how to handle and, and what all goes on. Now, I'm not going to say, I'm going to put this out there from the very beginning, that none of us are professional handlers or professional dog trainers and or, or going to be trying to give advice. There may be certain things that we might know but or or suggest, but that's not the um, that's not the concept of what we want to do in this podcast. So just to let everybody know, I'm not going to be trying to tell you how to train your dog. Right, right. But. Might want to get a little closer because I know that one. Oh, right, we right. might tell you to call that song. <laughs> don't think we won't. Yeah, don't. Yeah. yeah, if that dog needs to be called, we're just going to tell you you need to take it out to don't, breed him. Don't think we tender-hearted around here. <laughs> take him to China 8. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but goodness. So uh, I love coon hunting, and I tried squirrel hunting for a little bit. I, I got into it, but it's impossible for to burn both ends of that candle. And I kind of had to pick one and stick with it. I love it. And I love hearing everything as far as coon hunting, competition, pleasure hunting, whatever it is. Um, that, but that's pretty much about me in a nutshell. I have a, I have a three-year-old walker female named Echo. And I have a two-year-old blue tick who is a grandpa of big country and Botox. Um, and she just turned two. So that's kind of just let you know, let everybody know what breeds that um, I I tend to hang with. I like the walkers. I like the blue dogs. and um, So now I'm just going to throw it over to my buddy Ryan and let him introduce himself and tell you a little well, bit about himself. I'm 30 years old. Been wanting to be a coon hunter as long as I can remember. My daddy always had some puppies and some younger dogs. Never really no coon dogs. Growed up on a mill hill my early part of my life. So he had several friends that lived on the same mill, in the same mill village as we did that coon hunted. I was probably 10, 11 years old before I went with the first, what I'd say, coon dogs and treat coons. And then when I was around 13 years old, I joined the coon club and met Daniel here. Started hunting with him because my daddy, he worked a lot. So I started hunting with Daniel. We hunted five, six, seven nights a week, easy, for several easy. years. Easy. And then I got in high school, kind of got out of it for a year or so, and then back into it. Then I had two children, ages six and nine, landing in Weston. And I've got back into coon hunting the last several years, and now I'm currently hunting a plot dog. That I was encouraged not to get. Who encouraged you not to get this plot dog? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 mostly tell everybody what she's doing. She's treeing coons. She's making a habit out of it, too. And it'd be awful nice if she just kept right on going the way she's going. Yeah. That, it was a shock. And edit. But yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. I live right outside of Joanna. I do not live in Joanna. I live in Bonds Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it for me. Uh, and I love any kind of hunting to do with dogs. If you can run it with a dog, I enjoy doing it. 
That's kind of how it is for me. Mostly coon and squirrel, though. All right, and Dustin, tell everybody about yourself. All right, Dustin Faulkner. I'm 30 years old, went to high school with Ryan, knowed him for a long time, dated his sister one time. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was playing. But uh, growed up on a commercial chicken farm and had beef cows and done hay and all that, so been outside forever. Growed up deer hunting and squirrel hunting without no dog, dove hunting. I mean, if it walked by me, I shot it as a kid. I didn't care. I've killed all kind of stuff you probably ain't supposed to. But uh, I got into running dogs when I was about 18. I, my grandpa, Sonny, introduced me to a fella he worked with that had squirrel dog, and uh, he took me. We all went as a big group, had a big time, and I was I was hooked, man. I, I love dogs anyway, and then I'm not a big fan of a dog without no job and have one that actually has a purpose so that there's a reason you're feeding it. Man, I was, I was in like Flynn, dude. I mean, so I got my first cur dog. She was broke out of Whitmire when I was 23. Two probably, and been running them ever since. I, I, squirrel hunting's my passion. I enjoy the coon hunting. I hooked up with Daniel last year, last November, and started doing the coon hunting thing. Ended up buying me a black and tan puppy. She's seven months old now. I ain't hitting on licking nothing, but she, uh, I think she's scared of the dark. So we kind of fit each other. <laughs> but uh she might be your squ- next squirrel dog she might be i might end up having a squirrel hunter that but, ain't a bad idea yeah I mean, she I got a, she got a big ball mouth dogs. son she she got one of the prettiest balls on her but she only barks in the yard wow he said she had balls on her she do she transgender she's <laughs> <laughs> got some balls on her <laughs> she transgender boys oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah ben I mean, running squirrel dogs hard for probably 10 years or so. Love it. Yep. Enjoy all of it, man. I just like being outside and Who'd running dogs. Who'd you get dogs. your first dog from? Let's give him a shout out. I really don't remember the cat's oh, yeah. name. He's a little young cat. Oh, that in Whitmire? Yeah, in Whitmire. Just some little young cat that uh ended up going to high school and chasing women instead of chasing dogs and wanted to get rid of it. Yep. Uh, I don't know who that would be because I'm from Whitmire, South Carolina, and I know mostly everybody from Whitmire. I mean, there's some new people that's moved in, and I have no clue who they are. But as far as, like, the hunters go, I mean, I'd probably know who it was. Or whatnot, I, if I know his name, you'd probably know him, but I just – it was 10 years ago now, eight years ago. Oh, goodness. So, I mean, yeah, because she was eight when I got her and died at 13. So it's been a while back. So just to add some more connections here, Dustin and I work at the same manufacturing plant, and uh, we work two different shifts. My schedule is Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday, noon to midnight. Um, now, I'm not sure. I think Dustin's got a little bit different schedule because he's in maintenance, but it's kind of similar. It's, I work Tuesday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then Saturday and Sunday, or Friday night and Saturday night. 
So when I'm leaving at at noon, um, when I'm coming in at noon, Dustin's leaving at noon yeah. on the weekends. Um, so even though I like competition hunting for the most part, whenever I have to take a vacation day, if I'm going to make a six o'clock, or I meant uh, a six o'clock, if I'm going to make a hunt on a Saturday night. Um, so most of the time I try to have to plan those out between like Southeastern Walker days and what the vacation days I use for the Grand American and stuff like that. So I got to kind of use them smart. So we all three, um, we've known each other for, all three of us have known each other for several, several years. As there was, But what kind of led to this whole, the, the podcasting was um, last November when Dustin went hunting with me, we were talking about, a, uh, about persimmon trees and stuff like that. And he, um, he got to mention, he mentioned to me that he had just listened to a podcast about scenting on the Houndsman XP podcast. And so I went back and listened to it. Well, just that just so happened that very same night, Echo treed in a persimmon tree, and it was slick. It was slick as snot. Boy, as slick as a doggone <laughs> goose crap covered dock. Son. Yeah, it was slick. But anyway, so I went back and I listened to that podcast, and I got the from that point on, I became a podcasting junkie. I listened to pretty much any coon hunting podcast I could find on spotify because that's what i listen to my uh stuff through with spotify and so i listened to and then i drifted over into other interests of podcast of pretty much everything from politics to um <coughs> paranormal stuff any kind of interest that i had and so i come across a podcast and this is going to lead up to exactly why we uh what i wanted to bring together in this podcast and why i wanted to hear the creepy stories from uh all over the places um man i was listening to another podcast that a guy on uh tony merkel's the confessionals a guy named kyle from kentucky and if anybody out there knows kyle from kentucky i would love to have him come on our show and tell us his story but he was giving his story of coon hunting and having a run-in with a cryptid. And if you don't know what a cryptid is, a cryptid is uh, like cryptozoology. Bigfoot, dogman, mothman, um, lizard man. Wampus cat. Yeah, anything Wampus like, cat. Anything like that. Cat. Um, Hail hound. Yeah, so, yeah. The happy dog. <laughs> <laughs> the happy dog. Of Goshen Hill. Heard that story all my life. Never seen him and always wanted to. I got bit by him one time. <laughs> <laughs> right on the butt. But so I was listening to uh, this guy named Kyle from Kentucky giving his encounter of a uh, of uh, uh, in the Daniel Boone National Forest of his encounter coon hunting with a cryptid or a run in with a cryptid. And I don't want to give it away, tell what it was, because I would love to have him come on the show and, and tell his whole story. And. And when man, when you start talking coon hunting, and then you start talking cryptids, paranormal, aliens, or UFOs, or graveyards and stuff like that, I mean, I'm going into complete orgasms over here, and it's like, <laughs> like I had one of those ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my ears is like busting off, <laughs> like holy crap, I gotta have more of this, and that led me more to like I need to hear more of these stories. And because I've had crazy encounters while I've been coon hunting, Ryan and I had a crazy encounter with an orb one night. That's a whole different show. It could be. It is. 
It could be. So Ryan and I had an encounter with lights, with in, the lights in the sky. And and you could call me crazy, but I literally saw a light light up at the edge of a field and rise. At least up. I didn't see a Bigfoot. <laughs> this was a light in the sky. Plenty this of was a light in the sky. sky. I am a uh, paranormal encrypted virgin. I have never had any weird encounters. Oh, we got you both. <laughs> we going to hook you. You up. <laughs> I will say this. I've never seen I've never seen any kind of cryptid. I've never seen a Bigfoot. I've never seen a dog man. I've never seen anything. But I have had instances in the woods that were weird. Um one of the recent ones was after I listened to a, a podcast about Randonautica, which is an app. And don't download it, it's witchcraft. Um, yeah, after I downloaded it and I, I, I did it and what it does is it kind of like uses a quantum computer and it generates like random anomalies over a certain radius that you would give it. And yes, I do believe that there's an aspect of divination to it after I, I got to fooling with it, which is very much similar to a Ouija board. And I ain't all about that action. You can keep that over there. We're not but, playing with them demons. We walk with Jesus on the hounds to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but so I decided I was going to do this, this rando knot. And while I was coon hunting at about two o'clock in the morning, I, I generated a, that the little thing. How, it's hard to, to describe how you do it, but it generates and it pulled up an anomalous location so it works with google maps and i decided after i went and got my dog off the tree that i was gonna go check out this spot in the woods and um when i got to this certain spot and the moment i stepped right in that little radius where the google the google maps radius was something started blowing at me that was extremely loud it sounded like it could have been four or five feet away from me it was just you could hear it all through the holler. It was loud. It, it blew at me two or three times. And I cut my light on to try to see what it was. I mean, it didn't scare me. It startled me. And so I cut my light on, didn't see nothing, couldn't see anything. I heard something take off, like running around the edge of a ridge. I cut my light out and was listening. And when it stopped, I cut my light back on. It started blowing at me again. And I could tell it was a little bit of a distance in between um, us the second time it blew at me because it was it was loud, but you could just tell there was there was distance between us then. And I that's when I turned around and I I got out from down there. I don't know what it was. I've tried to say could it have been a buck? Could it have been a, a hog? I think it was a hog. Whatever it was, it was loud. It was so freaking loud. I mean, it was. It was so loud, I felt like I could almost have felt the wind hitting my face from it when it was just that. Because, I mean, it was loud. But um, anyway, I don't know what that was. I don't, I'm not going to say, I'm never going to say I saw anything unless I see something. And that's kind of, and I know that there are coon hunting stories across the, across this nation to where there's got to be like encounters on graveyards with, with, just weird, unexplained stuff. Maybe and, even encounters with meth heads. We want to hear some of them stories, too. Yeah, meth heads or... A growth field. A growth Get into fields. a shootout in a pot field <laughs> with a bunch of we're gonna growers. They say, ASA, get out of my weed, man. Yeah, we're going to need GPS coordinates to these fields. <laughs> 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 
they could possibly get harvested. Is that would you say that's a, a correct assessment? Oh yes, 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 yes. They gonna get got. But no, we would never do nothing like that. We're law abiding citizens. So, um, hold on. I'm having to fix my microphone and stuff right here. So that's kind of where we're at with this, as far as like the podcasting goes, what we want to do, reach out to, um, man, if you got something, a, a crazy experience while you've been coon hunting, I, I really want to know about it now. It, and we will not pick on you too bad. No, that's right. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to call you a liar. I'm not here to say bullshit to anything you say. I just want to hear it. I'm not. If you say what you said you saw, then you say you saw. You, you saw. You got to see saws before you get seesaws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is any of us tell you you ain't seen what you thought you seen or what you actually saw or whatever? We don't. We wasn't there. So tell us what you saw. So just tell us about it. Yep. I'll tell you an, another creepy thing. Um, several years ago, there was three of us, three guys. We were down on this um, right off of Interstate 26. Uh, there was a, a medevac helicopter that crashed about six, 700 yards off the interstate. Not and while they was hunting? No, not, previously. Not, not while we were hunting. This was probably maybe five or six months before we went in there hunting. And where we was hunting was probably about five, six, 700 yards from where that thing, where that, you know, medevac crashed in the woods. But while we were there hunting, we done went in, treed a coon, put the dog in the dog box, and the three of us were standing at the at the tailgate talking, and we were in between my buddy's truck and my truck, and all of a sudden, after about 10 minutes, it started to drizzle a little bit, and then his his passenger door comes flying open, the lights cut on, and he leans up, and he's like, what the hell? And I'm already reaching in my pocket to get my keys, and I'm hopping in my Ford pickup truck back then, and Listen. and I was rolling, <laughs> and, you know. And him and Devin, they hopped in that old Chevrolet truck, and they was getting ready to get out of there. They brought that sucker back home with them. But that was a, it was a, a very strange. That the why, how, what made that door come open after just ten minutes of just nothingness, and we just standing there talking. Door come flying open. Lights come on. Spirits, bro, spirits. So whatever it was, and it it was several years before I went back down there. Matter of fact, yeah, it was, it was probably 10 years before I went back down there hunting. It might have had something to do with the interstate directly behind us, and it's very loud sometimes. But um, the interstate's far enough away. It's not really much of a issue. It's just that. Them it's trucks a, is loud it's a going noise, out it's a through noise there. issue. Um, and some nights, really on them like low pressure nights, when it got a mighty, you can't hear nothing for just interstate coming yeah. down that hollow. That's it. And so some nights it ain't worth shit hunting down there. But um, yeah, that was that. And we've had a. I'll tell you another crazy story. And I've told a few people this. And nobody really, you know, I hunt by myself oh, 80, 80 to 90% of the time I'm hunting by myself. And I really enjoy, I like hunting by myself. Um, if you've never hunted, hunted by yourself, it, it's a it's, it's a difference. I, now, I know there are teenagers that are, they're just not going to go hunting by themselves. 
their mind's going to get the better of them when they get out there in the woods and it's dark. And there are probably some out there, but nowadays, most it's teenagers rough. are not going to hunt by themselves. <laughs> I was a teenager not too long ago. It's rough. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was a lot I mean, longer ago than you th- think it but is. When I, was, <laughs> when I was a teenager, I did not coon hunt by myself. I was not. It was probably – uh, it was 25. I was 25 when I bought timber, and it was probably then that I started coon hunting by myself. And um, I took a liking to it, and I enjoy it. And I still like going, but I I don't like party hunting when you got four or five dogs and a whole heap of people, and I my nerves can't take that. I but and that's the way I like to squirrel hunt. Just throw us a whole crowd out there, more people to talk junk at. That's how you like to squirrel hunt? Yeah, man. I, now, I enjoy hunting by myself, too, squirrel hunting, but I like a I like a crowd, man. I just enjoy cutting up with other folks. But the I thing about hunting by yourself is when you have an encounter, there's nobody there to verify it. No witnesses. And so um, there's a, there was a certain spot I was hunting a walker dog named Cowboy. And Yeehaw. <clears throat> I I had it was the old Garmin. What was the Astro two twenty? You had the two twenty was the original, and then the three twenty after had that. The, the original. It was like right at right when I first got the original one. And Cowboy had came back. He was like a hundred, maybe a hundred yards from me because I saw him on the other side of the gully, looking at the dog. He turned around and took off the opposite direction. And when he took off and ran, as uh, almost as soon as he got out of sight, a question mark came up on his on my Garmin, and and then within about twenty thirty seconds, it popped back on, and it showed him over a thousand yards away. He and was getting it. I'm like that. That dog did not run a thousand yards that fast, and I it, that has blew my mind. It's baffled me. For years, how what how did how was that even possible? He teleported. It, I don't know what, and I have Teleport. no I have no explanation how that happened. None whatsoever. I can t- I can tell you where oh, I was he at. Fell down a damn cliff. Woman. I, t- I mean, I, I will tell you, I was in the Sumter National Forest, and it was over there near the Fort Wheeler Trails, hmm. um, right past that bridge where we hunt sometimes, but on up toward the left. Oh, back up toward the right hand side, and um, it was it, he got out of sight, and I, that, that question mark come up, and, and it popped up a thousand something yards away, about about twenty thirty seconds later, and I've had people tell me, oh, maybe that was the, that what cowboy you was looking. That was another dog. I was like, well, damn, it was a hundred yards away on the other side of this big gully, looking at him, looking at the dog. That's wild. He was a little bit of only dog. He took a liking to pigs that I I couldn't take that. I couldn't take that. I went walking into him one night and he had a dog on hog bait up and then I thought he was in there treeing because he was just bawling and bawling and just chopping and I thought he was treed. He was showing treed. So I walked in there to him and then I, he shut up. And then when he shut up, I'm like all of a sudden I don't see him and I see this big hog breaking. Then I see this long-legged walker dog hauling right after him, and I didn't have a shot collar on him, and so that sucked. That was probably the last night I hunted that dog. I got him back the next morning, but I don't think I cut that sucker loose again because he liked bacon more than me. 
we are so grateful for the Alphas and the TT15s now. Yes, we yes, are. Yes, we are. We like them. We love them. Thanks. So, I mean, we got a, a few good episodes lined up already to be released, and um, but man, we we really want to hear all the all the crazy stuff that's out there. Um, we don't want you to be shy. We want you to get in touch with us, man. We want you to come on and uh, be a be a guest on the show. Or if you're too shy, you can text it out and or uh, send me a message or email. There'll be a, the email info will be at the end of this podcast in the outro. So, um, other than that, Dustin, you got you got anything else on your mind that we might be missing? Nah, dude, I'm good. What about you, Ryan James? That's about it for me. That's about it for you. Yep. Man, I'm going to let everybody know we got a banger of a podcast that's going to be released after this one. The most believable Sasquatch story I've ever heard. It's an awesome podcast. I really enjoyed talking to him. And then we uh, we recorded one while we was at the Grand American. Yep. And um, that, was a, that was a good episode. So um, other than that, man, we hope y'all enjoyed getting to know us. I know this was probably a – I don't want to say it was boring episode, but it's kind of like getting to know us. It's all right if you don't like us. We don't care. I mean, I – Ryan, you want to tell everybody what people think I am sometimes? An asshole. <laughs> <laughs> or crazy. One or two. <laughs> sometimes both. That's a crazy asshole. But, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, what we want to do is add comedy and, and just be funny. Man, I want to make people laugh their ass off and talk about coon hunting and, and hear stuff that... Uh, Golly, just make the hair stand up on the back of your neck sometimes or something like that. Yeah. I, I like stuff like that um, because, but you can't tell me as far as like Civil War battlegrounds or, or graveyards, Indian, Indian, maybe even Indian battlefields and stuff I, like that. There's like, I think there's like some type of residual energy or something like that that, that just coincides. I don't know exactly how to explain. Spirits stuff like that but i do believe that with coon hunters who i think we coon hunters are probably the most eclectic group of crazy right, out there up. let's back up what's eclectic mean it, it um like a, a collection a conglomerate col- okay uh, eclectic group yeah like a group um, we'll call it group down here in Joanna, yeah, okay? yeah we are <laughs> coon hunters are a group of crazy that consists of the poor to the extremely rich, but I hold the opinion that if you are a coon hunter, you you have a touch of crazy in you, because yeah. it takes a little bit of crazy to be out at night in the cold, sloshing through a swamp, going to a dog that is on a tree with a raccoon up it. Especially since hides ain't worth nothing no more. You're yeah. just doing it for I mean, love, for of, the sport, love of it. I mean, um, and there are coon hunters that will understand what I'm talking about here. But when you hear that first young, that your young dog come on that tree and you get there to them and they got that meat up it. Make your sticker pick up. <laughs> Not pick a, out. Pick up. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it sends chill. I mean, you just, you get addicted to it. If it's in you, then you'll get addicted to it. Oh, yeah. And so coon hunters, we are the biggest group of group of crazy 
I, I think out of all the dog hunting community, just uh, and, and with us being out there at night, it just r- raises the risk of an encounter with something unexplainable or something bad happening, or something bad happening. But but I'm fixing to go hunting in a minute. Let's not talk about all this right before. Oh I'm yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> oh yeah. We about to get out of Don't here. Don't freaking and, me out, man. Yeah, we about to go trade some coons. I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm ready now if you're ready. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, man. I appreciate y'all checking us out. Next week, we're going to be start interviewing guests and and uh, getting some stuff out there and introducing everybody into the confidential side of coon hunting. Uh, well, until next time, happy hunting. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. If you want to get in touch with me, my email address is htpodinfo at gmail.com. That is h-t-p-o-d-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you with all your coon hunting stories that include the creepy crazy and the unexplained. Until next time, keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting, y'all.